I see pride. I see power. I see a badass mother who don't take no crap of nobody. Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Can you dig it? All black is beautiful. All black is beautiful. Sensational. That's the word you're looking for. And you know this, man. What is up? What is up? What is up? It is your host, Mr. Boogie the Beast, bringing you Say It Loud podcast this next season two. I wanted to say thank you to everybody who's been listening and kicking it with me ever since season one. And like I said in the last episode, I'm going to bring it to you guys. So to kick it off this season, like I said, I promised you I was going to do it the right way to start it out. I'm going to bring up and gas up my first interviewee. Excuse me. She is the 2012 NCAA champion in the women's discus. She set San Diego State University's records in women's discus, hammer, and indoor shot put. She represented Team USA in women's discus in 2016 Summer Olympics Games held in Rio de Janeiro. She is one of the biggest Beyonce fans that has never missed a single concert and caught an eyelash off of her at a concert. And she's also been able to hug and embrace the America's favorite aunt and uncle, the Obamas. My first guest to kick off season two, Miss Whitney Ashley. <laughs> Hello, everyone. Thanks doing? for having me. Hey, absolutely, absolutely. So... Like you've heard before, um, bringing it like we said, this is season two. It is all about everybody else and embracing your say it loud, your First Amendment, your voice. So I'm going to get into these questions. It is live. We are not quitting. And it is just you and I right now. And the laptop just happens to be recording us. So just kicking it off. Like, how did this all start? Like, how did you build up this resume that I just gassed you up about? thing I get asked this question a million times and I still haven't figured out how to answer it um I mean just to start it off I was born and raised in Riverside California what up Riverside Riverside home of <laughs> Reggie and Cheryl Miller shot out I actually started off as a basketball player that was um, life I played from an early age up until high school until I decided I just I wanted to dictate my success I felt yeah, I like the dynamics of team sports, but I hated losing when it wasn't my fault, if that makes any sense. Like, Absolutely. Man, we were up by two a game and a girl fouls, and then they shot free throws and then, you know, took it down the court and ended up losing in semifinals. I mean, I have story after story after story, and I just thought I hated that part of it. And I just thought um, I did track in the spring as I was a dual sport athlete, and um, it was just something I did to stay in shape for basketball until one Two Letterman's. So, true. Until one summer, I decided, fuck it. I'm doing track. Fuck I'm going it. all the way. It's the first, first customer of the season two right there. Let's get it. Um, and I made a huge I made a huge decision then. I decided, I told my mom, and she was all for it. I mean, she was my coach at the time. People don't know. My mom coached me um, through high school mm. uh, to my first scholarship. So kudos to my mom and shout out to mom. And I heard in one of your interviews that she did that she also didn't know. I don't. I'm not coming for you, mom, but she didn't know anything about anything about track and field. She actually picked up books. She didn't know squat and learned herself, <laughs> and then taught you by trial and error. Correct. We went to camps together, mm. um, where they literally teach kids the fundamentals of throwing, and she'd write everything down. She wrote. Um, she watched videos, read books. I mean, anything to learn to teach me, and she did. I was her guinea pig, and we. Trial and error every single day, figuring things out together. <laughs> <laughs> Literally trial and error. Talk and about then, bonding. And then that took you from high school into college. Now, where did the college level start at? 
I actually went to a community college. I went to Cerritos College in Norwalk, California. What was your mascot? Or what was the... What was Falcons. The, the Falcons. Okay, yeah. shout out to the Falcons out there. Yes, so I spent a year and a half there, actually. I graduated early because, I mean, I'm a smart kid. You know, I just was a little lazy in high school, so I had to take another route. Um, but I was done fairly quickly. Went on to San Diego State, earned a full-ride scholarship out of Cerritos. Hmm. Obviously, I was talented. And what did you earn your scholarship from, actually, out of Cerritos? Was it for discus or was it for one of I, the other throws? Yes, it was actually for the shop, but a lot of people don't know. Um, I threw the discus at community college, but I didn't do the full spin, if that makes any sense at all. I did kind of a half rotation. Okay. And the coach took a chance to me. He said, if you're throwing that far with, you know, no momentum and no velocity, you know, essentially in your throw, I'm going to see what we can do for you when you get here. So they still honored and giving me a full ride scholarship, even though I didn't have <laughs> half the resume that girls had coming out of high school. Damn. It's crazy. And then that took you to SDSU. And yeah. then from there... You did the shot put, and like I said, I'm not going to gas you up again. I'm going to let you talk about it, how you basically dominated from your first year. Like, you took over you took over the throws, because you also did the or the the weight, or no, weight throw, I correct? I did weight as well. I had the record there as well for a little bit, and then it was broken a year later. But, um, yeah, I still hold the record for the hammer, discus, and the shot put, indoor, <laughs> indoor shot put. Outdoor <laughs> shot put I thought was untouchable. Um, I think Susie Powell still has it. It's like 65 feet. Shout is, out to Susie Powell. Yeah, that's crazy. from like... The, no, not Susie Powell. Oh my goodness. Who am I thinking of? Sorry, Susie. Wrong event. This Susie Powell is a discus thrower. Okay. Shout out to Susie. <laughs> oh, that was the... When yes. she broke in 1985. Yeah. The, the record since 1985. 1985, yes. Yep. I cannot think of the lady right now, but the shot hey, put shout record. out to you who holds the shot put record at SDSU. <laughs> yes. Um, I was actually redshirted because I told you I didn't throw the full technique at right. college so they registered me for a year to teach me the technique and then i came out literally my first year was all american um i ranked i was seventh in ncaa's i was pring big and then my coach ended up leaving me actually and i thought well Ooh. there goes my career it's over it was a great run time to just turn up yeah. and finish up school we ended up getting a new coach and he looked me in my face that year and goes you're gonna win NCAA championships next year I thought, there's just no way. And that was the 2011 season going into 12. 2012, yeah. Okay. He just knew right then there, like, man, you have so much untapped ability. Um, we really got it after it in the weight room. And literally, that next summer, I PR'd like 20, 25 feet. Damn! Stupid. At NCAA championships <laughs> and won an NCAA title. Crazy. I PR'd every throw that, um, Damn. at the championships. Every throw. And what was, what was the coach's name? Dorian Scott. Shout Dorian out to Mine. He's Jamaican. So. Dorian Mine. Shout out. <laughs> What's up again, world? It is Boogie the Beast. Just wanted to give you another thank you for listening to Say Loud Podcast so far. Make sure you guys subscribe, iTunes, and SoundCloud. And just tell somebody about it. You know what I'm saying? It only helps me help you. So thanks for tuning in. And now let's get back to the interview. So yeah, so SDSU broke all the records. You know what I'm saying? Everything like that. And then... You graduate, and now, boom, you're what is called in the track world a professional. From there, how did that work into, like, um, signing? I was invited and... to the Olympic Training Center nice. um, in Chula Vista, California. And I just began working out with the coach there, uh, Art Venegas. Hey, Art. Hello. He'll probably never <laughs> listen to this because it's not his thing, but always showing love. <laughs> always showing love. But yeah, I started working out with him. I was actually unsponsored my first year um, as a professional athlete just because I didn't have the accolades coming out of college. I mean, I threw far, but not incredibly far. Right. And um, 
Yeah, that's kind of how that went. Okay. Uh, my first team was 2013 in Moscow, Russia. Mm -hmm. I actually was injured. I strained my groin two days before that World Championships, and I took dead last 2013. Mm. 2014 was an off year. 2015 went to Beijing, China, redeemed myself, and made my first World Championship final. I ended that season ninth in the world. Well, that was pretty incredible. 2016 came around the Olympic Games, and... Mm. Um, yeah, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. We'll get to that. We'll get to that. I want to get to that. But basically, like throughout it all, what is what's been the best part of being in the track and field world for a lot of women and a lot of men that are listening to this? Like, what's been the best part of being a professional track and field athlete? Like going from self-taught books, like before YouTube was like as big as it is, to basically being on you know brochures and premier diamond league athlete. Like, what's been your What's been the best part about all that? The traveling. <laughs> the traveling is insane. I've before the age of twenty seven, I had been to twenty seven countries. Damn. Um, I my passport is just about full, and I just thought those are the memories that I'll hold on forever. Like, yeah, I didn't do well at the major championships a couple times, but I just got the memories that I have for me in Switzerland and France and Beijing. I've been to Japan. I mean, it, you name it. Um incredible Jet i've met setting. some amazing people Jet yeah. setting. i can't even describe to you and then real quick is. between that i mean besides the the track and field part of that what's been your favorite country to travel to even though it was for work but what's been your favorite what's been your favorite place to throw at or your just favorite atmosphere favorite place to throw would be switzerland mm. i love throwing you have these huge green mountains everywhere you go it's just so everything's plush and i just love the scenery there but favorite place to visit in terms of things to do would actually be Belgium um, and uh, Brussels. Okay. Is one of my favorite places. I love the food there. The Belgian waffles, everything that they say it is. Um, <laughs> that is, that <laughs> is on the to-do list. so diverse. Yeah. One of the most diverse cities I've ever been to, excuse me, countries I've ever been to in the world nice. would be Belgium. And then, you know, going on from that, like you were talking about with, you know, the jet setting, the traveling and all this stuff, the big stage, 2016, Whitney Ashley hears her name. Congratulations, you won Team USA's. You are representing. Just just really brief, like, how did it feel knowing that, Mom, I got the call. I'm representing the United States of America in track and field onto the Olympics. You were an Olympian. I am I'm Olympian. sitting next to an Olympian right yeah. now. Y'all don't understand this. Thank but, you. like, how, just, you know what I'm saying? Just what, what, what was it like? Just You know, going into 2016, I just, I was well coached, to be honest with you. It was the most least pressured year that I had in my entire career. It was so weird. That fall, I kept telling myself, man, you're so calm. I was calm. Um, my coach set out, you'll be prepared. It's going to be a breeze. I, I kid you not. It's going to be a breeze. It was going to be a breeze. <laughs> um, and I, you know, I never questioned that. It's the craziest thing. I never questioned him. I got a little nervous. I'm not going to lie. I wasn't perfect. But I was so calm that year. And I literally, um, I don't know if you guys know, it's a two- Per event, it takes about two to three days to finish out. So they have a pre a qualifying round and a final round. And then, you know, when you're a sprinter, it's prelims, qualifying, semifinal, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But for the throws and the jumps, it's qualifying and a final round. And day one, they have a mark out there, which gives you an auto qualifier. And if you don't hit the auto qualifier, they fill the fields. They took top 12, I mm. believe. 
And I was the only auto qualifier in my event. My Let's first go. row, I hit the standard. Let's right go. And walked out the stadium. And you walked off. Man. <laughs> that's a <laughs> big flag. <laughs> I wish I had LeBron James chop. Because that's what I was feeling Let's like. Go. That's it. My coach looked me dead in my eye. I walked off the field. And he goes, repeat that tomorrow. You'll be an Olympian. Mm. That's it. No cues. No, oh, you look great. Do this. He said, repeat what you did today. And you will be an Olympian tomorrow. And I looked at him. I said, it's that simple. I said, okay. I trusted him. I went to sleep that night. I woke up the next day. Ate I the prepared, same breakfast. I prepared the exact same thing the day I, the day I did before. <laughs> and the Socks next day, the right I came way. out first throw, 62 and some change, 200 and some feet. And I was able to maintain that. And it was the easiest USA Championship Olympic trial I've ever had to go through. Stupid. Amazing. I literally won my first throw. That's a blessing. That's crazy. <laughs> so you get that. You get on the podium. She sent us the group message. That was so amazing. Um, you know, now you're going through your your gear distro. You're wearing the Ralph Lauren. You get the flight over there. Oh, you get the blue verified check. Shoot. You got the blue verified check. <laughs> and then you get over there. You get to Rio. And you do the opening ceremony walkout. What was that like? Because... I watch it from my TV, so... Man, amazing. Uh, TV doesn't really do anything justice. They don't show you the behind the scenes and, you know, the athletes coming outside in their suits and, you know, all the countries are dressed the way they are and all the unity behind it. They don't, they just, I feel like they miss the boat on that sometimes. Yeah. Um, just experiencing walking up to other athletes from other countries and some of them don't speak a lick of English, but we just all, we're all there for one reason. And I just thought this is so beautiful if the world could follow suit We'd have less wars. We could have less wars. That is awesome. Yeah. That's what's up. Uh, so going off of that, um, so you know, doing the twenty sixteen Olympics, um, how how did it how did everything pan out? I actually found out, and if no one understands that terminology, it means that I did not have a mark under my name. So if you look up two thousand sixteen Olympic Games, it'll say Whitney Ashley N M, um, which means no mark. It was a stormy night. I hadn't even started like a fairy tale story. It was a stormy night. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, it poured. We had delay after delay after delay. Uh, I went out, took my first throw, fouled it. And then I was delayed about an hour and a half after that before I took my second attempt. And I just, I got cold. I was, I was frustrated. I was sad. Any emotion you could think of, I just thought, this is not what I envisioned to be my Olympic game experience. And that became my reality. I blinked and it was over. And I looked up and I thought, I did not get a mark. I really can't explain you what happened so fast, and um, it sucked. To be, I honestly I didn't think too much about it after I was done. I just thought, wow, like that's it. Four years for that one moment, and I'll never get another chance until another four years. And so, yeah, it's a stinger. Yeah. So going from the Olympics games, and then you know coming back to it a little bit, like, so you said that you know you threw your mark for Team USA. Nobody else hit the qual. At SDSU, you broke records. You were NCAA champion after, we'll give it, what, two years of truly throwing the discus. Um, how does it feel to be at the top of your sport, but not get the same recognition as, like, a sexier sport or event? Because, you know, when it comes to track and field, uh, you know, like, and no disrespect to anybody else, but, you know, it's it's a sprinter's world. Mm -hmm. Everybody watches the 100. Everybody watches, you know, the the 200, the 4 by one but then the field, you know, you have people, um, help me out, big homie. Darrell. Darrell. You have people like Darrell and you have people, you know, setting second setting records in, in triple jump and high jump. And obviously 
I know who Will Clay is and all that stuff because, you know, he's from the hometown. Shout out to Arizona. Shout out to Phoenix. But, you know, like, and then throwers, you know, they don't get as much love as, per se, a track and field athlete. How, how do you feel about, like, you are, like, you're, you're Mark going into this next year. You're, you are. Number one. You were number one in the <laughs> USA. And. Number eight in the world. Number eight in the world. And nobody knows. And nobody knows. Um, I feel like you accept that. It just comes with the territory. You don't. Unfortunately, I shouldn't say it's okay, but unfortunately, you do track and field literally for the love of it. There are it's literally a two-tiered sport. Mm-hmm. And when I say two-tiered, I mean haves and have-nots. And there's a very 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 small pool of haves and a large 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 pool of have-nots. Mm-hmm. Um but it's such a beautiful sport. It's so hard to let go and I mean, once you're in it and you thrive in it, there I mean, it's incredible. The traveling, the people we meet, I it's amazing. I, honestly, I, I love track and field. I wouldn't trade it for the world. But um, it's it truly is unfortunate. We work just as hard as any other athlete. Absolutely. You throw <laughs> yeah. weights. You throw We're running all weights. the time. Not that basketball players aren't, but I mean, like, I'm talking, like, really running. I'm not talking about hitting the line and doing suicides. You like, don't like you running. Know, at all. <laughs> <laughs> it's a tough sport, man. We're lifting two to three hours a day. I mean, it's unfortunate. Yeah. It really is. So transitioning, but still talking about sports, um, how do you feel about being a black athlete, uh, per se, in today's society then? It's very much a puppet show. Mm. In that what's required of us is to show up, suit up, shut up. Mm. Um, these sponsors, these owners, these coaches, all that involve um, in running a team or managing athletes is they don't care about what affects our communities. They don't care about what affects us as individuals. It's all about the dollar. And we've actually, we've bought into that ourselves in that all we care about, are we getting paid? Um, how much are we getting paid? How much are we getting paid? And it's very few athletes who were able to cut those strings and stand up for what they believe in. And the Colin Kaepernick's and um, John Carlos and Tommy Lee in the 1968 Olympic games in Mexico um, and but there's two there's not enough if, and if more athletes cut off their puppet strings we'd see change and it's until those numbers shift where we see more athletes standing up for what's going on in our communities and using our platform um, again we're going to continue to to be oppressed uh, right. it's it's a platform and that drives me nuts that people believe that and athletes too not just people athletes believe. That's what re- that's what required of me. I'm just supposed to come here, put on a show, collect my check, and, and be quiet. That's it. And don't say nothing, or else we get penalties and penalized, and then I can't have a hundred million dollars to feed my family. It's sickening, and I just go, you guys don't even know the power you have. We should be owning these leagues. Mm. <laughs> like, it's- shout out to Levar Ball, JBA League coming soon. Facts, big ball, big ball brand. brand. I'm gonna- y'all- <laughs> If y'all niggas is hiring, you know what I'm saying, I can slide my na- my number at the end of this uh, podcast. Listen, so BBB. Let me know. I'm ready. I'm ready. If you guys need an <laughs> in-game interviewer, I'll be the first one to do it. What's up, everybody? Just checking in with you guys with the Whitney Ashley interview. Once again, it is your host, Boogie the Beast. Once again, I just wanted to say thank you so much for getting this far during the interview slash the podcast. If you already haven't, go ahead and go over to SoundCloud and iTunes. Click subscribe. Send it to a friend. Send it to a friend's friend. Screenshot it. Put it on the timeline. Hook a brother up with some shout outs. It's free. Y'all love free stuff, and I'm willing to give you everything that you want from this podcast as long as we can continue to grow. Let's get back to the interview. Um, in a sense... 
just being a woman, uh, wanting to start a family and, you know, just having a uh, quote unquote regular life. Uh, how do you balance? Like if any, like <laughs> now I, I'm going to go ahead and put it out there for everybody. This is my pedicure partner in crime. <laughs> Once a month, I go and get the toes done. Fellas, if you're scared to let a, uh, I was going to say an Asian lady, but <laughs> if you're scared to let a pedicure lady or man touch your toes, um, you need to go ahead and grow up because you got to take care of the crusties. Facts. But uh, being a woman, just, you know, how does it feel like wanting to balance? Um, it's tough sometimes, especially dating. Ooh. You know, people like to make jokes, but I'm, men would literally stop talking to you if you're too busy. Like, and they start... You know, um, niggas ain't shit. Basically, <laughs> <laughs> here we go. It's terrible. I mean, I've literally had guys. You know, I'll talk to them a couple of days, and I'll go to a track meet overseas. You know, and, I, and hey, I'm in Switzerland for the next couple of days. It just give me time. The time difference is insane. I can't get back to you when you want me to. Oh, you're probably laid up with a nigga right now, or <laughs> they just go on these t- like you're you're too busy for me and have a nice life. I'm like, are you kidding me? I'm literally out here. Nobody speaks English. I'm eating chocolate. Counting down the days so I get home. That's all you could think about. Me laid up with somebody. It's crazy. Niggas, man. Um, it's hard. I mean, it's hard to date in this world. And unfortunately, you kind of have to result to dating in the track and field world. And when I tell you that, it's a small, small world. Smaller than a javelin I, tip? I, 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 mm, only a few people have been successful in dating in track and field. Other than that, it's one big orgy. Stay out of it. Stay. Wait. Get out. Get out, my brother. Get, <laughs> get out. out. Before I leave you alone about it, uh, you know this next coming next season, um, you know it is uh, there's no outdoor championships, correct? Correct. Um, so going into this next season, uh, you know, like what are you expecting, and you know what's next for the Whitney Ashley brand, uh, peace of mind and and heart. 2018 track and field. I'm taking one day at a time. Um, I've had this issue before with trying to look too far down the line. Already wanting to be past the finish line, but not enjoying. The journey and I love this quote blossom where you are planted mm. um say that again blossom where you are planted like it, it means currently embracing where you are whether you're struggling right now whew, there are things you can learn in the struggle there's beauty in the struggle that's real mm-hmm. I tell people that if you're thriving right now whew, enjoy those days continue to learn continue to build my mantra also is always forward so I just want to continue to be better I will I do want to attempt to train next year um and do another track season to say 2020 is in the cards i don't know because again that's too far forward i can only embrace 2018 mm-hmm. um i won't be sponsored next year Ooh. which opens up other things too which i'm excited about and nervous about at the same time because you're so used to those checks coming in on time it's a cushion it's a safe haven it's security and I'm kind of going into it now, and thankfully I've had good money management, but it's just a lot of uncertainty, but exciting at the same time. I can actually reach out to other sponsors and possibly wear 10 million different brands on my body. So, you going to um, be throwing the Yeezys next season? Man, wouldn't that be dope? <laughs> <laughs> so Yeezy, hey, we I'm get out Yeezy, here. Yeezy Athletics on the line. If we can get some Yeezy, uh, what, uh, discus shoes? Something. Some throwing shoes out here, but... I mean that's good. I mean you know we 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 get we always joke about you and all this stuff, but you know as of right now she can still outlift me in a few things. But hey, this is one of my really good friends, and uh, you know I just wanted you guys to hear her testimony for all the athletes out there to understand that you can literally come from nothing and create something and continue, like she said, to flourish where you're blossomed. Blossom, blossom. where you are planted. Blossom where you're planted, not flourish. Excuse me, and just remember, just embrace the now. 
and just let the later come as it comes. But so I'm gonna go into the next part of this. It's called Let's Talk About It. Ooh. Now I sent her the questions beforehand, but she doesn't know the Let's Talk About It because I needed that fast reaction. I want y'all to meet Wit, and I hope to bring her out with some of these questions. Yeah, so awesome. here we go. First question is, what does it take for a man to get a DM back from a woman like you? Man, you know. <laughs> Those DMs are hot. I, I know they are. I know men keep saying this, like, just be yourself. Please. Like, I don't need you to send me the mixtape link, you know, on your SoundCloud. I ain't going to Have you ever clicked it. on it? No. You know, that's a lie. I did one time, <laughs> and actually, it was fire. It was, <laughs> and I said, you know what, bro? Like, I appreciate it. I, I'm, you're not my type per se, but keep doing what you're doing. Music is dope. Just be yourself, please. I love hearing that I'm beautiful. I mean, it's not an insecurity thing, but what woman doesn't want to hear that? Tell me a feature you like. I like guys who pay attention to the details. Um, I've changed my hair. A lot of, you know, some guys do notice these things or just anything. Take Take a moment to like kind of do a little research on the girl that you want to holler at a little bit. Yeah. Shout out to Jasmine Brown. I've been on her Instagram for like a year and a half. She liked my comments twice. Okay. Anyways, uh, do you feel like women like Bernice Bog- Burgos and the other thoughts out there? She's not a thought. Um, She's you know, so bad, are they, dude. Are they making it hard for women to hold or grasp attention of men? Or do you feel like the men are giving no attention to the... Women don't, who say, don't look like Instagram women. Exactly. I don't think they make it harder. People need to differentiate what's real and what's fake. Y'all. So her ass shots are social fake. Social media is not real. I, I, please take heed to this. Ass. When this wave burns over, can you look yourself in the mirror and do you know who you are? If you cannot do that, you need to get off social media now. Because I guarantee you, soon it's going to be dead. Right now we're riding the wave. The next big thing, well, no, I don't know. But man. Snapchat. Snapchat is still lit. Snapchat is lit. Snapchat is definitely lit. I love Bernice Burgos, though. Her body isn't real. Let's just keep it a buck. There's pictures online. If you don't believe me, I'm not being a hater. Let's look at Kylie (laughs) Jenner. Her lips. We all know those aren't hers. The whole Kardashian thing is ugly, except Courtney. And are they making it hard? Yes, because men are out here seeking these Instagram women. They don't exist. Mm -mm. Sorry, y'all. We got stretch marks, and half of us, our titties don't fit our bra. I mean, (laughs) some of us are still A and B cups. Some don't wear bras. That's that's valid. But anyways, (laughs) and then last but not least, for let's talk about it as a a Beyonce fan, as a Beyonce fan, and I might downplay that. um, Do you respect or support her decision to stay with Hove? Not once, but after being cheated on twice and maybe even three times. You know what? I have to look past Beyonce and stop putting her on a pedestal and look her as a as a woman. Do you respect her as a woman? Let me get to that. Let me get to that. I know a lot of women who have stayed in relationships after being cheated on. Because of the money? It's so... Mm, you know what? I'm talking about people who with dudes that don't have a lot. They just slay love it. that man. And I just go, girl, I don't know what the heck you see in him. Because he's trash. Good sex. But in all, in all jokes aside, though, it's hard to say what I would do. Because I'm not even going to lie. Um, I've been in a relationship before and I was cheated on. And <laughs> I stayed with him. Mm-hmm. I love him to death. He's still my first love. and um, Shout friend, out to Avant. Still friends to this day, actually, which is crazy. And I just thought, wow, the stuff you put me through. And I'm still able to talk to you like a real person. He calls me for advice all the time. And, um, I mean, I fucks with him heavy, to be honest with you. That's your nigga? That, no. Well, not like that. No, it ain't. <laughs> That's but, uh, your nigga. <laughs> you know, he's got a kid now and everything. But at the end of the day, I just go, it's hard to say. Do I respect her? 
I, I can't. I, don't, I, don't I ain't really trying to touch on that. You know, I like touching. I like. I just like tapping. I love Beyonce, I love Beyonce and shoot. Jay Z a good man and shoot. He can find her lifestyle, so she gonna hang around a little. She gonna hang around a little bit. Yeah, I'm sorry. I, know, I feel it. I mean, who could really date Beyonce and pull up on her shit? Nobody. Mm, probably not. So, They're never together. Sorry, love you, B. And then uh, basically uh, the ending, and uh, you know, before we kick it off, and uh, I give her the the boot off. Say it loud. Uh, I just wanted to give you the floor, basically the what the rant. So you got two to five minutes. Talk about anything. Plug what you got going on in your life. Anything like that. The floor is yours. What the rant. What the rant? I don't have anything to say. I appreciate you, whoever the listeners are on the other side of this laptop, um, for staying if you stayed to the end of this podcast. Um, I'm not a woman of many words. I guess I talk a lot, but not a lot of stuff will be coming out. I like putting my friends on the spot. Don't act like, don't make me bring up, you give scholarships? You want to talk oh, about that? Okay, okay. That's something to talk about. Um, It's not finalized yet, but yes, I do have a scholarship. It's predominantly to my high school only right now, just because where my heart is. And I come from um, a low-income high school. A lot of kids in that area do not make it out. I kid you not. Um... I mean, money's a barrier there. And so I thought, you know, if I'm going to start something, I'm tired of hearing people give away to kids who, and I, I mean, I guess I am middle class, but middle class to upper class kids. I'm like, what about the kids on the bottom? Hmm. Kids who have a hard time uh, feeding themselves or literally have to go to community college because there is no resources. Those are the kids I want to help. And so right now I have, I'm giving out one scholarship a year. It's for $1,000. Um, $1,000? It's, it's, it's I'm going to go back to college. <laughs> but my goal is to um, give up to 10 to 15 scholarships to African-American students um, at my high school. And in 1000 to 5000 I want my high school to be $5,000, depending on the criteria um, each year. And then I want to pay for a scholarship. Um, applications hmm. and FAFSA applications. Come those on now, those aren't easy. They're, no, they're they not add cheap up quickly. Either. Yeah, so that's my goal in the future. I don't have a name for it yet. So if you could think of something, actually, for African American scholarship, shoot me an idea and shoot. If I get fundraisers going, I may, you know, I may write you a little check for the idea. Hey. So I appreciate that. I appreciate you helping me out. So. So, yeah, I mean, that's it. Uh, you know, if you want to plug your handles and then I will take it out after that, it's all up to you. Unless you oh, don't want nobody to know who IG you are. IG is Lil Miss Black Diva. And it's, <laughs> it's L-I-L-M-I-S-S Black Diva. Okay? Lil Miss Black Diva. And uh, my Twitter is WJ Ashley Loves You. L-U-V-S-U. no but for reals uh just wanted to say thank you for coming out again being a part of the say it loud podcast i'm sure you guys will hear her again once again it is say it loud podcast season two episode two i am kicking out i'm kicking whitney out stay black and i wanted to say uh you know quote unquote uh this is the first of many and the best of what is yet to come so i wanted to say thank you for being part of that Appreciate that. i love y'all i will see you again on the next episode and until then stay black and stay woke